So the series uh, that we're, that we're kind of stepping into, that we're wading into as we approach the one-year anniversary of our church next Sunday, uh, yeah, I thought you might clap for that. Uh, as, we, as we approach this, this one-year celebration, is called Missing Miracles. Somebody say Missing Miracles. Missing Miracles. The reason that we've um, decided to jump into this series uh, at this time in the young life um, of our church is that we want to recognize uh, as a church, as a body, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, we want to recognize the miraculous that we've already seen God do in our house. We want to recognize uh, the, the, the mountains that we've already seen God move. We want to recognize the fires that God's already empowered us to walk through. And we want to recognize that what we've seen God do so far has not even scratched the surface of what we believe we're going to see God do in this house. So, so we want to we spend these next few weeks talking about miracles because we want to remember the ones he's done and we want to look forward in expectation to the ones that he's going to do in the weeks and days and months and years ahead. If you, uh, if you missed last week, uh, we kind of kicked off this journey and it's a series um, in the book of John, and we're looking at seven miracles uh, in John's gospel that Jesus performed uh, while he was on this earth. In, in John 20, verse 30 and 31, uh, as John finished out his gospel, he wrote these words. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe. Say, that you may believe. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So, so, so John's saying the reason that this is recorded for you, the, the reason that I'm, I'm laying out for you the miracles, the, 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 the natural law-defying miracles that Jesus did while he walked on this earth is not just so you have a good story to tell your kids before they go to bed at night, but no, I'm laying this out for you that you may believe. I'm laying this out for you that you'll believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did do what he said he came to do. He said, I'm, I'm writing this so that you'll believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing in him, you'll have life in his name. See, seeing the miraculous that God's already done gives us the perseverance to stand under pressure and to stand in faith that the same God that came through for us before will come through for us again if we're walking in his purpose if we're walking in the will of God then we can stand in faith that the same God when we look back and see what God's done we can have faith that the same God that moved then the same God that worked then the same God that moved the mountains then is still a mountain moving God and he will we can take it to the bank he will come through for us Again, if our, what, what we got to understand about miracles, and this is, this is hard for some of us to digest, and, and, and I don't know why that is, but, but what we've got to understand is that if, if our heart is connected to the heart of God, and if the Spirit of God is living inside of us and, and empowering us, 
then we should be seeing, we talked about this last week, we should be seeing the supernatural handprint of God all over our lives. We should be seeing the miraculous, not just every uh, once every decade or once every lifetime, but we should, if, if, our, if the Spirit of God is in us, we should be seeing God do miraculous things all around us all the time and he is doing miraculous things around us all the time the question is are our eyes open to see what it is that God is doing all around us we um we spent some time together in uh, John 2 last week if if we can kind of just recap that real quick uh, where we found Jesus hanging out at, at this wedding that had just run out of wine and it's the first miracle um, that John records in his gospel. And, and we saw that what we, what we learned in this moment is that there was, there was nothing life or death happening at this wedding. There was nothing life or death happening on this stage. The people were not going to die if they couldn't continue to drink for the rest of this wedding. And, and what we saw in this is that our God is not just the God of the big monumental stuff, but he's also the God of the small stuff. He's also the God uh, of, of the minor details. And the same God that is, is working uh, uh, miracles, the, the same God of the miraculous in our big moments is also the God of the miraculous in our monotonous moments, on Monday morning, when we just, when, when, when it's not life or death, but we still need a touch from God. See, God's not just showing up when we're, we're going to look at it today. God's not just showing up when, when we've got a child laying on their deathbed and it's either a healing or he's gone. God shows up then, but that's not the only time that God shows up and works the miraculous. And the truth of these, these scriptures and the truth of this entire gospel is, is really that, yes, there's nothing too big for God, but there's also nothing too small for God. And it's often in the monotony of our lives that God sets the stage for the miraculous. Mary said, we've got I love last week we looked at it. She, she didn't lay out this big thing. She didn't use her big theological words and everything that she learned uh, in seminary to ask Jesus for what she needed. She just said, Jesus, go back and read it. We have no wine. That's all she said. Jesus, we have no wine. And we saw last week that if we'll stop trying to tell God how to answer, how to fix our problems, and just start presenting our problems to God, then we'll see him move in ways that we never would have seen otherwise. If we'll just bring God what we have. Jesus says, just bring me. You see those jars over there? Just bring me those jars, and I'll work a miracle. If we'll just bring God what we have. He will always be faithful to use it to make what is best. Always. So if you brought a Bible, an iPad, a phone, however you get your scripture on, if you could turn with me to 
John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to spend uh, our short time there together today. And we're going to look at another uh, miracle that took place when Jesus returned uh, to Cana, which was the stage for the miracle that we looked at last week. So from, if I can kind of give you the in-between from the second part uh, of John 2 where, where Jesus works this miracle uh, to the last part of John 4, Jesus has left Cana. He's gone to Jerusalem. He's, he's cleared out the money changers in the temple. He's worked uh, 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 some, some spectacular uh, miracles in Jerusalem. He's, he's gone back. Uh, and, and then after he lose, leaves Jerusalem, he's headed back to Jerusalem, or he's headed back to, to Cana uh, by way of Samaria, and he has this uh, famous conversation uh, with, a, with a Samaritan woman at a well that we're all familiar with where he lets us uh, know that, that life for all people has come, that it wasn't just for the Jews anymore, that, that the living water was here and it was here for all people. He has a conversation. Uh, you should really read the book of John. It's phenomenal. He has a conversation uh, with Nicodemus that turns out to be one of the foundations and cornerstones of our faith uh, where he says the only way that you can have life is to be born again in me. Uh, but God loved the world so much that he sent me so that through me the world can have life. And then uh, it's on the heels of some of the most miraculous conversations in the history of humanity in John chapter 2 and 3 and 4 that Jesus returns to Cana in Galilee, the, the scene of his first miracle in John chapter 4, verse 45. It says, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen, this is important, they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had been there also. And this, this verse, if we can stop right here for just a second, this is a blow-by-me verse for most of us when we're reading passages like this, right? Oh, they welcomed him phenomenal. Let's get to the meat of the story, right? Let's get to the, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the miracle. Let's get to the healing. But, but what I want us to understand today is, as, we, as we dive in is that there's not a word in this scripture that is wasted. There's not a word in this scripture that deserves for us to blow by to get to get to the next thing, to get to where we where we see the miracle happen or what we would see as the meat of the story. There, there's nothing that's wasted. And it's important for us to recognize the truth that the word of God is, is reinforcing for us in this text so that we can understand the passage as we are led in to the miracle. It says that when they arrived, they welcomed him. Why? Why? Because they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem. So when Jesus shows back up, they welcome him in. John 2, 23, it says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. So, so what we may not recognize in this is that the very people that are here in John 2 that are seeing Jesus perform miracles at this Passover feast are the ones that are going to be welcoming him back into Cana when he heads back. They're the, they're the very people that are going to say, yeah, we, we want you to come back here because we've seen what you've done. We, we, we want to welcome you into this place. Why? Because we've seen your miracle. 
working power before and because of this, we believe that you are who you say you are. So they, they welcome him back into this place. And, and I think God wants us to see this morning that if, if the city of Rockmart saw a move of God happening in our church... If the city of Rogmart saw lives being changed uh, out of this house, if they saw marriages being restored out of this house, saw, saw joy being found even in seasons of pain coming out of this house, when the world around us, what I'm trying to say is this, when the world around us sees the miraculous happening in our midst, they will welcome us into their lives and give us a platform to shine the light of Jesus into their circumstance. It, when the world, that's what we got to get. See, that's why Jesus had, that's why Jesus had the platform. He was, he was welcomed back in because they had seen the miraculous. And when the world around us sees the miraculous, They'll welcome us into their story, and we can bring Jesus' story with us when we get there. That's why it's important that we don't miss miracles. That's why it's important that we don't miss what God's wanting to do. And it says in, in chapter 4, verse 46, Once more he visited Cana and Galilee, and it was where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal, royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. I, I love that at the beginning, at, at the very launch of this miracle, uh, at the very beginning of this text, we see the contrast uh, from the stage and, and the urgency of the first miracle. Because see, the, the first miracle was set upon a stage of of, of, of a detail, of, of a small thing, of, of, of we just need more wine so we can keep on partying, right? That's what it was. And, and, and this, this second miracle is set on a stage of if God does not move, my son is going to die. So, so we're in the same place. We're on the same stage. We're in the same city. But we're about to see God do something completely different. And I love that these two texts side by side, these two miracles side by side, are showing us the scope of what God is capable of. They're, they're showing us the scope of what God is able to do. It says... Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, and there was a royal official there whose son lay sick at Capernaum. It says, when this man heard, the royal, the royal official, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. What this might sound like to us is that Jesus shows up in this city, and the royal official is like, oh man, Jesus is here. Let me hop over there real quick and see if he can do something about, about my child that's laying in bed sick about to die. Oh, Jesus is here. Uh, let, let me see if I can just, just, just hop over to Jesus real fast and see if he can, see if he can interject the miraculous 
into my situation. And, and, and the reality of this is that this was not just like a walk up to Jesus deal. There's like a 20 to 25 mile difference. There's like a, a 20 to 25 mile distance from Cana to Capernaum. It, it's, it's, it's not like a, let me just, and they didn't have like a helicopter. The royal official is not flying in on Air Force One. It, it's not like, let me just hop in the limo. Hey, run me over to Jesus real quick. This was a journey. I don't know if you've ever ran a marathon. I've never ran a marathon. It sounds miserable. But if you have, you probably know how far 26 miles is. And that's about how far this guy had to travel to get an audience with Jesus. That's about how far this guy had to go to, 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 to present the, this problem to the one who he believed was able to do something about it. What I'm saying is he had to get up and go to Jesus if he wanted to see what Jesus was capable of. He had to take a step of faith. And it was a step of faith because he didn't know when he got there if he was going to get the miracle that he was going there for. He, he had to take a step of faith, the, the, the first step of faith, without knowing what the second step was going to be. But he said, I've, I've heard what Jesus is capable of. I've heard about the stuff that Jesus has done, and I'm going to chase this guy down. If it can see my son get the healing that he needs. We're going to have to learn that we're not going to see the miraculous if we're content to be stagnant. We will not see the miraculous in our church. We will not see the miraculous in our family. We will not see the miraculous in our faith, in our personal relationship. We won't see the miraculous in our marriage or, or in our work or, or with our kids. We will not see the miraculous unless we say, God, I'm taking a step to wherever the place is that you want me to be. I, I'm taking, God, I want to see you move. I want to see you do something. I want to see you you work a miracle. So God, I'm going to keep on stepping in faith to get to the place where you're taking me so that I can see what it is that you want to do all around me. And let's get something straight. I'm not talking about chasing miracles. I'm talking about chasing Jesus. I'm talking about... <laughs> because we're not going to get caught in the trap of chasing a miracle. We're going to chase Jesus, and when we chase Jesus, when we get close to Jesus, we will see the miraculous all around us. It says in chapter 4, verse 48 and 49, unless you people see, so, so the guy shows up and he comes to Jesus and begs Jesus to, Heal his son. And Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. He says, Jesus, we got a long journey. 
I don't know if my kid's going to make it or not. So can we just, can we go? Can we, can we Jesus, can you come on down? Let's, let's, can we get there? Because I don't want us to miss it. I, I, I don't want us, us to be too late. I don't want the distance or the time to keep us from, from seeing my son raised up out of this bed. And I think the mindset is not wrong, but the mindset that this man has is the mindset that, that you and me have. And see, he didn't understand that for Jesus, his, his proximity was not a problem. He didn't understand for Jesus that how far they were away from his son was not a problem. He didn't understand that for Jesus, all it took was a word. All it took was a breath. All it took was a split second. He didn't have to be there. He just had to say it, but he didn't understand that. And we didn't understand. See, the best he figured, his son was in Capernaum and Jesus was in Cana. And if he wanted to see his son get healed in Capernaum, either he had to get Jesus to Capernaum or he had to get his son to Cana and he could see him healed there. But it wasn't going to work out with this marathon of distance in between them. So he's like, Jesus, let's, let's go. He didn't recognize what God was capable of. And I want to tell you today that for me, and I think probably for you too, we don't ask God or believe God for the miraculous because we think like he thought that God is confined by the laws of nature. We don't ask God or believe God to, to, to work a miracle because we've, we've got this mindset because we're confined by the laws of nature, that God is confined by the laws of nature too. But, but, but a miracle is God defying the laws of nature and do something that could not be done without God. So, so we've got we've to understand today that the one who set the laws of nature in motion is not confined by them. The, the one who spoke the, the universe into existence is not confined by its laws. See, we're, me and you are, unless you got some weird talent I don't know about, we're, we're confined to being in one place at one time. And it's hard for us to process the omnipresence of God. It's hard for us to process that, that while this man met with Jesus, that God was there, but God was also in Capernaum at, at, at this boy's bedside. God's not limited by our understanding of time and our understanding of distance and our understanding of nature, God's able. I think that's, I swear, I, 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 I share this verse every week. 
But I think that's why God says, I'm able to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. Because I can do stuff that would blow your mind. You can't even think about asking the stuff that I'm capable of doing. He said, Jesus, come down. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. And the man, oh, if we could just do this. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. God wants us to know today that if there is a circumstance if there's a situation if there's a storm or a trial in our life that the world has told us to give up on that the world has told us to let go that the world has told us there's no chance that's turning around One word from Jesus changes everything. One word. Jesus said, go. <laughs> he said, God, I, I don't want my son to die. Can you just, can you just come on? And I love the simplicity. We make our faith so complicated. But just a word, just a word from Jesus. Go. Your son will live. See, we said proximity is not a problem for Jesus but it's a problem for you and me. It's, it's a problem for you and me because we're not omnipresent. We're not able to be in two places or three places or a billion places at once. So what does that mean for us? That means if there's something in my life it seems like it's too far away and I can't get close to it that I just gotta get close to Jesus and he can close the gap there's way too far off there's no way I could reach that yeah you're right but Jesus can and if we'll just get close to him we can see every gap every chasm covered in an instant it says when he inquired as to the time when his son got better they said to him yesterday at one in the afternoon the fever left him <laughs> 
then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Because that's what happens in the wake of the miraculous. That's what happens when the miracle working power of an unlimited God is put on display as we stand to our feet. The Father realized that this was the exact time. The very moment that Jesus spoke, that healing went forth. The very moment that Jesus spoke that life went out. The distance didn't matter and the timing didn't matter and the place didn't matter. All that mattered was that the word of Jesus left his mouth and everything changed. And it would have been easier if the boy had just been healed when the, when, the, when the man prayed for him before he left. Because I'm sure if he was making a marathon journey, he probably prayed for his son before he left. I'm sure, I'm sure going to Jesus was, was probably, I'm not really trying to walk 25 miles today, but God, I've prayed and there doesn't seem like any other option, so I'm gonna get stepping. It would have been easier for God to come through when he prayed the first time, before the journey. But the miraculous doesn't happen on my time and it doesn't happen on your time. It happens at just the right time. And it reminded me of what Paul said in Romans. He said, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, at just the right time, at the perfect moment in history, at just the right time, when our sins still had us separated, when our ungodliness still had us headed to hell, but when all the wrongs that we'd done still had us where we couldn't get into the presence of God, it says at just the right time. God sent Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God at just the right time. 
So what's my word of encouragement for you today? If God hasn't answered the prayer that you've been praying, if God hasn't closed the gap between your reality and your dream, get stepping. Say, God, I know this is the vision that you've given me. Man, if I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. I know this is the vision that you've given me. I know this is the purpose that you've given me. I know this is the dream that you've planted in my heart. And I'm not seeing it right now, so I must not be stepping far enough. I might just need to keep moving, God. I might just need to keep walking in faith that that the good work that you started in me, that you'll be faithful to finish it at just the right time so I'm just gonna keep stepping